I just want to backtrack a little bit. Um, we've really been on a journey this year with all the messages that have come through. Remember, from the start of the year, talking about Kairos, talking about that disappointed time. This is the season. This is the time for us as a church. And um, we, 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 we've just been on such a journey. I can't go through all the messages that we've covered this year. But in May, actually on Pentecost Sunday, we shared about the birth of the church. Remember that it, that it happened, bless you, Chris, that it happened 2,000 years ago. Remember, Jesus was, um, came to earth. He, 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 was, um, he was crucified, he was buried, and he was raised from the dead. And when, after he was raised from the dead for 40 days, he walked on the earth speaking to his disciples. And, um, and he said to them, the last thing that he said to them before he ascended to the Father was the Great Commission go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations. And so the, the, so the disciples, but he said, but tarry in Jerusalem, don't go until you've been endued with power. So the, so the disciples were so obedient. They just, okay. And off they went to Jerusalem, and there they held a 10-day prayer meeting. They were in one accord, no bickering, no arguing, no nothing. They just were of one accord. And what happened in the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was poured out on everybody, on all who were there, and it was the birth of the church. That was the start. And what I love is the outworking of that event. There was an immediate impact on all those who were there that day. And if you remember in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up and he preached this amazing message on salvation. And the Bible says that that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. 3,000. One minute they were in the kingdom of darkness. They heard the word of God. And the next thing, they're born again. they saved. They're new creatures in Christ. Old things have passed and all the new has come. So we're going to pick this up in Acts chapter 2. It's a well-known scripture. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47. And it says, no, not that one. Uh, take that one down there. That's the one. That's the one. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Just want to pause there. Doesn't necessarily mean water baptized. It means they were baptized into Christ. There's more than one baptism in the Bible, okay? In the New Testament, there's at least four. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. They were baptized into Christ. And, about, and that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly. Who've continued? The 3,000 plus the 120. So there were 3,120 of them. Uh, those, those guys continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. I believe those are the people that weren't in those 3,120. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods 
and divided them among all as anyone had need. And continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, uh, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is such an awesome scripture. This is what the early church looked like. And um, this scripture, a couple of years ago, we did a series in family church called The Recipe. And we spent, uh, I don't know, months just breaking down this particular scripture about the recipe. This, this, this account uh, of the early church is just packed with ingredients that are, which make up a recipe. And the recipe is, this is what church is like. This is what church is. But you've got to have all these ingredients. We've got to have all these ingredients. Um, and you know what? Sometimes when you read a scripture like that, and you start meditating on it, you realize, you know what? Sometimes we can think we're doing it. We can think, yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Yep. Well, maybe not that one so much, but it's Okay. But you know what, There's a, I heard this, this expression many, many years ago, and it's very profound, and it says, you're not doing it until you're doing it. <laughs> it's really profound, deep, deep theology. But you're not doing it until you're doing it. You might think you're doing it, but in you, if you're only thinking about it, you're not actually doing it until you're doing it. So... We know, otherwise, what we're doing is we, we, we become a bit of like a consumer. And um, in South Africa, I've just got to add this in, in South Africa there's a shop called Pick and Pay. All the South Africans remember Pick and Pay, Pick and Pay. And what you do in Pick and Pay is you pick and you pay. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like Asda, except the name, the title says it all. But you can become a consumer. You can say, yeah, I'll have a bit of this, and I'll have a bit of that, Mm, the worship's too loud. Didn't, the seats are a bit grubby. You know, so-and-so didn't talk to me today. I'm offended. <laughs> Sorry, this is just, I'm just being real. Can I be real? Okay, because this is what happens. But we, let's not be consumers. Let's not be consumers. Let's be all in. Let's make sure that what we want to achieve here, not what we want to achieve, what God wants for this church, is that the recipe. It's the early church. It doesn't mean that we're going to go sit out under a tree somewhere, okay? Or in an upper room. It has to be in an upper room. It doesn't mean that. Don't forget about all that stuff. The, the detail is, is in, the important stuff is in the, 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 the content of that scripture. But what I love is that for these 3,000 people, there was an immediate change to their lifestyle and to their culture, Everything was impacted. Their whole lives changed as a result of their salvation. It was darkness to light. And we've got to remember that church, when we talk about church, is not an event. And it's not a building. Church, the, the, the Greek word for church is ecclesia, which means called out ones. Actually, I like the word a called out assembly. 
What I like about the word assembly, it reminds me of school. <laughs> we remember when you used to have assembly. There were like the whole school, hundreds or thousands of us in a hall, packed, sitting on the floor in those days. You know, we weren't allowed seats. But that's, but that's what church is. It's a called out number of people. We're not into isolation. Okay. We are a number. We are an assembly of people. And the church was a movement of people birthed in power at a specific event, Pentecost. The church was a movement of people birthed in power at a specific event. The church is a movement around a mission. The church is a movement around a mission. The mission came before the church. The mission came before the church. Look what Acts 1 verse 8 says. Notice the order of this scripture. I've read it so many years. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The mission came before the church. This was Acts 1. Acts 2 was the day of Pentecost. The mission, God said, wait in Jerusalem. Wait until you are endued with power because you cannot do this on your own. You know, the scripture that we've had all year is from Zechariah 4, 6, that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Wait in Jerusalem. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. There's the mission. The mission comes first, but, you, but you have, it came before the church. God doesn't have a mission for the church. He has a church for the mission. He has a church for the mission. God's heart always has been and always will be people. Always. You, me, all of us are on his mind today. And his heart beats for the lost. His heart beats for the lost. Luke 19 says that the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17 is just as important. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send his son Jesus to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How many of us got saved as a, result, as a result of condemnation? Don't put up your hand. Okay. How many of you got saved as a result of acceptance? God loves you. God loves you, isn't it? He loves you. Repent. <laughs> Get rid of your sin. But God, and then, you know, turn around. Turn your life around. Give your heart to Jesus. Family church is very much a missional church. It's a missional church. We are a missional church with missional values. 
you know, I don't know, when did we go through the values again of family church? I don't know if it was last year or this year. It all merges into one after a while. But family church have ten values. You'll be glad to know we're not doing all ten today, okay? <laughs> Thank goodness for that. But what are values? Values are, are those things that which we treasure. Th- those are our values. It's what we treasure and what God treasures. Those are our values. And today, if I get time, I don't know that I'm going to finish this on time, but we're going to look at this scripture in Acts chapter 2 through three, hopefully, of our family church values. And one of them, are we're going to read it through the lens of these values. Our first, one of our, they're not in any particular order, uh, but today we're just going to look at the fact that we are community-minded, that we are the hands and feet of Jesus, that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm plugging this tonight for today. Okay, this is my only opportunity. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. So, the other one is family. We, we are family. Okay, all my brothers and sisters and me. Okay, I won't sing it anymore. But we're going to celebrate our diversity in culture and age, committed to developing healthy relationships. We want Family Church Waterlooville to be a, a church of thriving, healthy relationships. And the last one that we're going to try and get to today is disciples, where we're growing into all that God has called us to be. Thank you. Look at this blessing. She can, she can see me sweating my little guts out here. Praise God. Thank you. Look at all my makeup that came off. You thought all this was natural, didn't you? <laughs> Thank you, Shanae. Gosh, that's great. Growing up, growing into all that God has called us to be, continually transformed by his word and his spirit. Listen to what Ephesians 1.23 in the message says. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Just recently we shared a message, we, we, we shared a series and within it, we spoke about that word peripheral. And um, we were talking about distraction. A thing that, it, it, what a distraction in the Bible, the word distraction, the Greek word is perispeo. Perispeo. Peri, perispeo. Draw away from. That's what a distraction does. The church is not peripheral to the world. The church is not drawn away from the world. The peripheral means slightly engaged, not a very important part of it. So my paraphrase of the message paraphrase would be, the church is not meant to be on the periphery to the world, only slightly involved in the world. Instead, the church, the body of Christ, of which you and I are members, are meant to be engaged with the community. The church is Christ's body. 
You know, if you were to ask any unbeliever, what does a Christian do? <laughs> they will say things like, well, Christians pray. You know, that's an assumption. It's good. It's a good assumption. They pray and they do good deeds. You know, you ask any unbeliever. That, that's, I think I would say, when I, before I got saved, that was my concept of what a Christian would do. They pray. Some of them would be weird. And they do good deeds. But you know what? Good deeds are good. And we are, we are saved for works. We're, sa- we're not saved by works. We're saved for works that God has prepared in advance for us to walk in. Yes, I know that. Okay, but hear the whole story. Good deeds are good. But in isolation, who or what do they glorify? Who or what do they glorify? Good deeds done in isolation bring glory to self. Unless you're specific about who or what you're representing. Good deeds bring glory to self. You know, please hear me, okay? Don't hear what I'm not saying. Hear what I am saying. If you are being kind to your neighbors, please continue to be kind to your neighbors. Okay, don't go home and become grumpy and ignore them now because Sandy said. No, Uh, but just make, make things clear. You know, we've got to continue to sow seed. We've got to engage with the people, but make sure that they're aware. It's not that I'm just such a good person because actually, you know what, I know myself. I can be pretty grumpy at times. And I know I'm not speaking, I'm not the only one, okay? I'm not the only grumpy one. There are a couple of you out there. I heard that laugh. But, um, but good deeds can also meet a person's personal needs, doing good things. Some people just get a kick personal kick out of being kind to others. And I think, great, that's nice. But good deeds in isolation, who or what do they glorify? Whereas good deeds uh, done in community bring glory to the vision and the mission, i.e. family church, i.e. pointing to Jesus all the time. Good deeds done in isolation bring glory to self, whereas good deeds in community bring glory to the vision, to the mission, i.e. the church, i.e. Jesus. It's so important that we understand the why behind the what. Why do we do what we do? Why? Salvation. Souls. Lives changed for eternity. Lives changed. You know what? The, our, our pastor in South Africa, somebody mentioned this the other day and they, they gave this quote. I said, that was my pastor in South Africa said that. But he said this, if your church were to close down, would the community around you notice or even care? You know? Um, something that... I think the, my worst nightmare would be if we were to just become a landmark. Pretend we owned this whole building, okay? By faith, amen, in Jesus' name, I want this building, okay? We want this building for, for the church completely, not just for the community and yoga and all that other stuff. We want this for church. But we don't want the church to become a, a monument or just a landmark. You know, when people say, oh... 
um, when you're asking for directions, they'll say, oh, you just go down the road and it's, it's the ch- there's a church on the corner. Or is it a pub? I'm not quite sure. Oh, my word, that is the worst thing. The thought that somebody, you don't, they don't even recognize what difference uh, is that building or the people in that building making to the community. And, you know, I know there are so many needs. We cannot meet the majority of the needs. But we can meet the needs that we can do. We can do what we can do, not what we can't do. And I try to list some of the things that of needs just in this, in this or any community. There's homelessness. There's domestic abuse. There's drug and alcohol-related addictions. There's mental health. There's a food bank requirement. There's a couple of food banks in Waterlooville. There's childcare, people struggling with childcare. There's an aging population, there's physical health, there's loneliness, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's educational needs, there's social care. Man, the list goes on and on and on. We can't meet it all. It's just just not possible. But we can do what we can. And I love to see what is said in Acts 2.42. It says, fear came upon every soul, those outside of the church, and many wonders and signs were done. Okay, many, never mind. Many signs, wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Very important to know, the Holy Spirit didn't do it on his own. He needed people. He used the believers. The signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Not the Holy Spirit somehow, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But the Holy Spirit didn't do it on his own. He used the believers. We are community. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. So how we are community. So Acts 2, we are community. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. So we're doing what we can do with what we have. And for since September 2021, we've been putting on movie nights for the community. Free movie, free popcorn, free hot dog. We used to give them chocolates, but we realized the error of our ways because the kids became totally uncontrollable. (laughs) So we've withdrawn that treat. No chocolates allowed, but they get free cool drink. We hire the hall. We have we have between recently between eighty five and one hundred and forty five people attending our free movie nights, and um, we serve over the last eighteen months. We've ser- we've we've made about thirteen hundred hot dogs. You know, there's a lot of food. There's a lot of effort that goes into a movie night. But I just want to bring this home a little bit. In June, the last movie night, there were seven of us serving. Seven. And each one was over the age of 50. In fact, I did a calculation. The average age of those seven was 63. 63. It's shocking. (laughs) This isn't an ageist thing, okay? But I'm just, there's physical work to be done. And Chris cannot do it all. You know, he needs help. I'm just saying, he needs help. He needs help setting up a massive stage. Well, we don't set up the stage. It's just a big um, screen and the projector and some cabling. We need help. Chairs. 150 chairs that need to get put out. 
nice, neat little rows and in a certain way. Hot dogs need to be served. We cannot do it with seven people. We, can, we are looking long-term. We are making an impact on, in people's lives. But, and there's no real excuse. We all have 24 hours in a day. There's no one here that has 27 hours. You're not a special case. Sorry, God loves you, but he's also fair. We all have 24 hours a day. That means 720 hours in a month. We all have that. In a 30-day month, we have 720 hours. An outreach, once a month, takes four hours, from five until nine. Five until nine, which is 0.005% of a month. That's all. 0.005% of a month. If something is of value, we will make time for it. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The fields are white unto harvest. The laborers are few. The laborers are few. But we need to make room for what's important. We are making an impact. And I brought some stuff in here today just to show you. This was from a guy called a little boy, Ralph, and his little sister, Ruby, came in here for the movie night this month. I won't show you the one picture because it looks a bit, it looks a bit weird. It looks like an animal doing something. But, but <laughs> I asked him, what is that? He said, it's a whale. And I thought, no, I don't know. That's a whale. <laughs> that doesn't look like a whale to me. But in it he says, uh, thank you, team. Thank you, team. Because he's seen our T-shirts with team on the back. Thank you, team. You've made me smile. This little boy, you've made me smile. His card made me smile. And he says to family, family church, F-A-M-E-R-L-Y, family church, thank you for all the treats, love Ralph. You're the best family church. And I want to show that to Andy Elms. Yes, Waterlooville is the best family church. Hallelujah. That's out of the mouth of babes. Look at this. Prayer requests. At the movie night, we have a thing that looks like it comes out of Narnia. We call it the Tree of Hope. It's an awful looking thing. I should have put a photo up. But we ask people, if you want to pray, we, we are a church. We are a church. If you have any prayer needs, tell us what they, put them on a card and put it on the tree. And we pray for them during the month. And I tell you what, the way people have opened up their lives, their tra the transparency, the vulnerability that they are revealing to us just from a stupid movie night. The fields are white under harvest. The walls that, that, that exist between the church and the world are coming down. If this church was to close, the community would feel it. They would miss us. We're not closing. We have no intention of closing, not until Jesus comes back. We're standing. But realize that our labor is not in vain. We are having an impact on the community. 
We've even got kids knocking on our door at home. I don't know who they are. They come knocking at our door to visit us. And it's like, go away, you know, because they just hang around. And it's like, it's not doesn't look too good, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they, they need to go away. But, but they come to our house. We're not kiddie people, you know what I'm saying? But they love, they just love hanging around the church. So we, all the, it's just amazing what, what is happening. And I just wanted to share our heart about it. But, but the, the point is, is that salvation is at the heart of God. Salvation is at the heart of God. Listen to what Ezekiel 33 says. It says, I, God says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. 1 Timothy 2, God's desire is that all men and women are saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. 2 Peter 3, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Come on. Jesus' last words before ascending to the Father, the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. I love what Andy Elms calls it, not the Great Commission, the Great Go Mission. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. Without Christ, people are spending eternity in hell. Need to get an understanding. That's why God is so passionate. He knows knows what's, what's up. There's one of two places, heaven or Hell, for eternity, hell is a place of torment. Hell is a place of torment. It's not just a red-suited guy with a pitchfork. It's a place of torment. Eternity. God doesn't have a mission for the church. He has a church for the mission. Come on, I, I can't get more passionate than I am right now. But God's heart always has been and always will be for people. We cannot afford to sit on our rusty dusties. You look at Luke 15. I was actually just going to share from Luke 15, and I thought, no, it doesn't say enough. But there's the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. God's heart is beating for the lost. And I pose a question. Is your heart beating for the lost? Do you have a heart for the lost are you valuing what God values not only a heart for the lost but a heart for the house hallelujah she's got off that she's got off her little pedestal but we belong to the household of faith amen and we're not called to isolation we're called to family what stood out to me the most from the book of Acts from Acts chapter 2 Acts chapter 2, the words they appears 11 times and all appears 32 times. They and all. Salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for everyone who will individually trust in Jesus. But the place where you grow is in community. It's in family. Where we are committed 
to developing healthy relationships. Not to moan and complain, okay? We're going to get rid of the three C's to criticize, condemn, and complain, but we're going to embrace the three E's, okay? Which is to encourage, to exhort, and to edify. You know, we've, over the last few weeks, it didn't matter who stood here and preached, the word that kept coming through was from Joshua 1, where God says that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And that word forsake means to not leave in a weakened state, not leaving us in the lurch, not abandoning us, not deserting us. That's what that word forsake means. And Hebrews 10.25, very profound scripture, he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of son, but exhorting, there's the E word, exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the day approaching, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, and you have to be blind or stupid or something to not notice the signs. Jesus is coming back, even more so as you see the day approaching. Who's not in church today? It's up to us. Let's follow them up. Where are you? Are you okay? Can I pray for you? What can I do? How can I help you? What can I do to serve you? Not forsaking. Forsaking means leaving in a weakened state. When we don't, when we neglect the fellowshipping of the saints, we're leaving the church in a weakened state. And it's our job. It's not just our, it's everybody's job. It's our role is to not forsake the fellowshipping, the assembling. Make a purpose in your heart that you're not going to do that. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Make it a priority. Make church a priority. And I'm not saying it because we're leading this. I really, my, I've been saved for 32 years or so. From the day I got saved, I couldn't get enough of church. My heart is for church. This is the vehicle that God is using, not individuals. Yeah, you can use paraministries and so forth, but it's through the church, the assembly of the saints. We are not called to isolation. Monday night's prayer. We have prayer on a Monday night on Zoom, 40 minutes, 40 minutes of prayer a week. We get together. Oh, somewhere I've got a statistic. 40 minutes of prayer via Zoom. Not 10 days, okay? We're not having a 10-day prayer meeting. We're having 40 minutes on Zoom. And that is, in seven days, there's 10,000 minutes. We're asking for 40 minutes out of 10,000. You put it into perspective. What's, what's 40 minutes? And you know what? Yeah, we might open the Zoom call, but I tell you what, Chris and I, every single week, we get off that call. We are so encouraged. We are so inspired. It's not him and I that bring great words. It's everybody else on the call. You've got a part to play. Join us. Join us. Acts 2.42, it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine 
and fellowship. That word for fellowship is koinonia. It means shared life. We are not called to isolation. We are called to fellowship. All that happens when people isolate themselves is they become weird and wacky. There, I said it. Do not isolate yourself. You're going to become weird and wacky. And you're going to believe everything. There might be an element of truth to what you're watching on YouTube, but the person presenting it sounds really great. It sounds like, yep, you're going to get taken out. I'm telling you, isolation, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. I like what the message says, Proverbs 18.1. It says, loners who care only for themselves spit on the common ground. Wow, it's a bit harsh. They spit on the common ground. Because loners, people that isolate themselves, they care only for themselves, and they spit on the common ground. They spit on the work that the church is doing. It's, it's a bit harsh. I find it a bit harsh. But that's not us. The church is not Texas. We are not the Lone Star State. Okay? There's no place for isolation. Isolation is bad. Isolation is bad. All that isolation does is causes depression, anxiety, weirdness, sleep disorders, mental health problems, all kinds of things. Do you know what? Chris has been working from home for two, three years now, and he looks at a screen all day. He's been into the office two or three times in three years. It gets to a point where I've just got to get out and see real people, you know, uh, it, you, you're not, we're not called to isolation. We have to we, be, we be part of uh, a fellowship. Acts 2.46 says that they continued daily. Because oh, what I want to say about isolation, well, Psalm 68, God says he sets, the, he sets the lonely in families. He sets the solitary in families. So I just want to quickly announce a couple of things that we've got planned for the year ahead. I'm right, I've totally run out of time. So where does this leave us as a church? Sorry. Where does this leave us as a church? So I just want to make a couple of little announcements, and then we're going to end the service because I've completely run out of time. Um, the welcome home course. We are starting a welcome home course, which is an in-person course. It'll be held at our house, and it'll be um, run by David and Alice, and it'll be for anybody new to family church. So everyone qualifies. <laughs> family, it's a seven-week course, and it's not doctrine or anything like that. It's just to give you a, an idea about the heart of the church, and it's based on Luke 15. Um, it's a really excellent. Pastor Stu wrote the, wrote the course. It's seven weeks long. It's for free. We'll organize lifts, but come to it. Seven weeks. It's starting on the 7th of September, and it's going to run for seven weeks. Then we're starting an online connect group. Once that is finished, we will have an online connect group, and that is starting on the 26th of October. So, purpose now purpose now. I want to attend that. I need to attend it. I need to get around my brothers and my sisters in this church. And you learn about each other. You grow. Iron sharpens iron. Where do you place value? Are you valuing what God values? 
set time aside the beginning of the week. Sunday's the first day of the week, two to three hours, church. It's not question, it's, there's no question about it. I understand people work shifts, okay? This is, not, this is not a telling off, okay? It's not a telling off. But two to three hours on the first day of the week is God's. He, gives, gives, he, says, he says, give me the first fruits, the first fruits of the week, Sunday. Let's, let's make sure we're in church, two to three hours. Pray, 40 minutes of prayer on a Monday, if you can. If you can't, it's okay. But let's, let's go and attend this Welcome Home course. Let's go and join the online connect group. But the Bible says seven days without prayer makes one week. <laughs> W-E-A-K. Anyway, but, so we've looked at those values. But I, haven't, I haven't got time. We're not going to go through the discipleship section because we'll be here all afternoon and some people need to get back to New Zealand. But, um, but you know what? But one thing that I notice in the whole of the book of Acts here in Acts chapter 2 is that God wasn't just an add-on to their lives. He wasn't a part of their lives. He was their life. He was their life. You know, Deuteronomy 30 says, He is your life and the length of your days. So let's be an all-in people. Let's be an all-in people. If we want to see the, 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 the church, the early church manifesting amongst us, this is what's required. All-in. Hands and feet. Let's do it. I'm going to finish with this quote by Andrew Murray. Not the tennis player. <laughs> Just, he's, he's not the tennis player. But he says, is, Christ, is Jesus Christ something, nothing, or everything to us? Is he, is he something, nothing, or everything to us? And what about his bride? What about the church? And what about the community? Let's pray.